Pastor Ray Bentley says we should all choose to attend a church where the Word of God is the centerpiece. There are some who have the Bible or throw some verses in or quote it, and they say, oh yes, of course, we have the Bible. And we, But the way they treat the Bible is they don't really believe. You want to make sure that wherever you are part of a community of brothers and sisters, that the Word of God is first and foremost. Welcome to Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. The psalmist David sang to God, you have magnified your word above all your name. God's word is important to God, but it seems it isn't all that important in some churches and among some believers. Today, Pastor Ray helps us recognize God's word for what it is. Let's listen as he begins. All right, shall we open our Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, chapter 13. I really love being able to do the Gospels and we're following Jesus as he makes his way, believe it or not, although we're in Luke 13, we've got a few more chapters to go, but already he's beginning to focus upon that final last visit to Jerusalem. What an amazing savior that we have. And his love for you And the grace of God is so amazing. God's grace. Aren't you glad that we have a gracious Father? We get saved by grace. We're talking to someone, Vicki and I, this last weekend about how in the beginning, uh, when you hear the gospel and you're lost and how God's grace is so big and so, you don't even realize so many of the things that you're doing wrong, but you hear about Jesus and you fall in love with Jesus. And each one of us in our own uh, way, the Lord led to learn of him and to fall in love with him. You know, I can remember being in love with the Bible when the Bible became alive to me. Um, I remember being young and, and uh, oddly being just drawn to preaching. Uh, I love to just get a little AM transistor radio, and even at night, I would put it under my pillow and listen. I loved listening to those who would preach the Word, who would just teach the Word, anything from the Word. It just like it went right into my heart. God is so gracious. And then, you know, the the farther along that you go, you you know, little by little, the Lord starts, you realize, oh, I, I... didn't know that. I guess I shouldn't be doing this. And, you know, things begin falling off uh, from the world and the ways of thinking and all of your whole orientation is getting realigned and readjusted and it's good and you begin to grow. But there can also come a time and a season where as believers, we do sharpen our consciences and we learn the difference between right and wrong. And before we realize it, we can start becoming first toward ourselves and then reflected towards others, very legalistic. And we find safety in that you know, righteousness which can border easily in our flesh on self-righteousness. And uh, all of a sudden, rather than convicting, we become condemning and, and then we start losing a bit of our joy and what's wrong and what happened. 
And uh, as we look back over our lives, starting at such amazing grace, then getting a little bit caught up in some legalism, and then rediscovering the amazing grace of God. Our God is a gracious God. So Jesus is going to be teaching and correcting some views that uh, ancient Jewish religious people had that, you know, that generation had fallen out of grace and had fallen into a religious mindset that wasn't always healthy and it wasn't always reflective of the Father in heaven. A legalistic, kind of a condemning thing where they should have been a lot more sensitive to people and their needs. And so Jesus lovingly, graciously, refreshingly revives that grace that was always there from the beginning with Abraham and even through Moses and even through the law, the grace of God is there all the way to the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross. Beginning in verse six, Jesus says, he spoke this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard and he came seeking fruit on it and found none. And then he said to the keeper of his vineyard, look, for three years I've come seeking fruit on this fig tree and find none. Cut it down. Why is it using up the ground? But he answered and said to him, Sir, let it alone this year also until I dig around it and fertilize it. And if it bears fruit, well. But if not, after that, you can cut it down. The parable of the barren fig tree. As I put here briefly in your notes, the fig tree, many different places in the scriptures, represents the nation Israel. It was often used as an illustration of Israel. Jeremiah 24 is one place, Hosea. Also the prophet Micah talks about the fig tree. And the Lord is, is again, he is now making his final trip to his final Passover to fulfill the prophecies, to go to Jerusalem and to be crucified. And he is looking for fruit upon the tree of the nation of Israel. Fruit upon the tree of the nation that would spare the nation the judgment that it deserved and that it inevitably was coming. God had waited long in long suffering and with great patience, but there was not enough fruit on it at that time to spare it for judgment. And so he says, give it some more time. You've got the owner of the vineyard and then you've got the farmer who is actually working with the trees. And it's the one who is working out there with the trees who goes to the owner and says, give me a little bit more time. Maybe it will bear fruit. And so here we have the picture of the owner, our father in heaven, but we have Jesus who is down among this fig tree with the nation. And he is talking with the father saying, father, give more time. Even though he's being rejected, even though he is being called a blasphemer, he is, you know, they're saying he does his miracles by Beelzebub. I mean, there's, there's no fruit whatsoever. There's nothing on, a, on any human level that would tenderize the Lord's heart. And yet his heart is still tender toward the people. And he says, Father, give more time. There may yet be fruit. And you know, we find out in the end that the nation was judged, even the patience of God. I mean, after the crucifixion, it wouldn't have surprised me if, uh, you know, within several months after that, 
Romans came in and the temple is destroyed. And, you know, I mean, this is the crucifixion of the Son of God, the Messiah. So, you know, give them 30, 60 days and then that's it, right? But God's will was that his son came and he was crucified. And while he was crucified, he prayed, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They know not what they are doing. Peter said that in the book of Acts. You crucified and rejected the Messiah. But you did it in ignorance. But what you did by rejecting him, even though you were ignorant, was prophesied by your own prophets that the Messiah would come and be rejected. Therefore, repent. And so there was that beginning fruit and the 3,000 that got saved and later 5,000 that got saved. But throughout the nation, it was not enough. And so it was in 70 AD, almost 40 years that God waited graciously, patiently, till finally there was no fruit nationally upon the vine and the nation of Israel was lost. God is a patient God and now, but there does come that line you cross and there does come that time where he says, I'm sorry, I did wait and I did give extra time and there's no fruit and then finally the judgment falls. That's what the New Testament prophets and Jesus said would happen at the end of the age. If God is our father is proving anything, it, he is demonstrating to the world how patient that he is. Would you agree with that? Have you ever looked at the patience of God and just been amazed at how patient God is? But then when I think, wow, I can't believe you're so patient with the world, Lord. But then I go, boy, I sure am glad though you're patient with me. I really appreciate how patient you are with me. Amen. So Jesus wanted that fruit on the tree, but it was not there. Verse 10. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of this synagogue answered with indignation, he was angry because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, there are six days on which man ought to work, therefore come and be healed on them, and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, think of it. For 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. And when he had said these things, all his adversaries were put to shame. And all the multitude rejoiced for all the glorious things that were done by him. The description of her is that she was shorter anyway, but that she was doubled over like this. And from the hips forward, locked in a position wherever she walked, she could never look up. She could never look another human being in the eye. This demon had bowled her over, you know, 
got her submitted down where she was looking at the ground all the time, like I'm gonna bring you down and I'm gonna bury you and I'm going to kill you and, and you'll never see love or affection and, and uh, surely she felt conspicuous and, and everything else and for 18 years have been tormented. Pastor Ray Bentley will have more of today's study in just a moment. So many listeners have shared comments on what Pastor Ray's teachings on Maranatha Radio have meant to them. Pastor Ray was such a devoted servant of the Most High God and is now in the presence of his best friend and Savior, Jesus Christ. He ran the race and finished the course set before him. My love to the Bentley family and to Maranatha Ministries. Pastor Ray's teachings continue here on the radio thanks to the support from listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with Ray Bentley Ministries and Maranatha Radio, just go to our website, www.raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. And now more of today's message from Pastor Ray Bentley. What's amazing is that for 18 years, this woman, and this is something to think about, faithfully, regularly attended the synagogue, Sabbath, and worshiped the Lord. Bent over in that awkward position, in that awkward place. How many were there that had other ailments and other problems and other long-term debilitating situations that said, God, forget God. This is what happens. This is my lot and go out in bitterness and yell at people and scream and shake their fist and demand and pound the ground and become twisted and tormented inside. What Jesus was showing was that though this woman outwardly had somehow been bowed and bent and crippled over, yet inwardly, 18 years had not been able to penetrate a root of bitterness or resentment in her heart. She was a daughter of Abraham. She bent over and bowed over, worshiped faithfully, and honored the Lord on the Sabbath for 18 years. And guess who was watching in heaven? God the Father. And he saw this, the beauty, this pearl, this beautiful character that was developed within this woman's heart. And he sent now his son to that particular place now where this woman would come and Jesus sees her. Probably other people, you know, this, they want to avoid these kind of situations. It's uncomfortable and, and Jesus comes up to her and he touches her and heals her. When Jesus saw her, verse 12, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And then he laid his hands on her I bet she hadn't been touched in love in a very long time. And immediately she was made straight and glorified God. I want you to imagine this woman, 18 years. You know how you have the muscles and everything, the tendons just get frozen in that thing. Jesus says, woman be loosed, and he touches her. And then she, for the first time, stands up. And the first face she would have beheld is Jesus. And how cool is that? She saw Jesus, the first human face, and the first one to reach out in that kind of love and to touch her and set her free. 
And what's amazing is that, you know, she is set free, but what's the response of the religious guy? He's angry because it happened on the Sabbath. Now, we probably cannot relate to something like that because we, we don't understand the Sabbath and the rules and everything, but it's a tradition. It was the religious spirit that was in that day, and, and so you can do it on any other day, but you can't do it on this day. And Jesus rebukes the guy. You can't help but read the story. How many are glad Jesus rebuked that guy, publicly shamed him? And then after he calls him a hypocrite, he goes, you hypocrite. Because on the Sabbath, the law said you can't work and they had defined law, but if you had an animal that was thirsty, guess what? They had compassion on an animal and it was allowed even by the rabbis to take a thirsty little donkey and walk it over longer than you should be allowed on the Sabbath to get that little donkey some water. So the rabbis had established compassion was a reason to violate some of the traditions of the law of the Sabbath. But here, what they could have compassion for a donkey that was thirsty, they can't have compassion for a woman who is healed after 18 years of being bound by Satan. So basically Jesus takes this religious guy in front of all his congregation as it were and says, so you're more compassionate to an animal than a human being, a daughter of Abraham made in the image and after the likeness of God. And the result was the people got it. And you know, when the whole crowd gets it and then they look at you like, oh man, what a weasel, you know? He just made him look so bad and he knew it. And all the people knew it. He didn't need to say anything else. It was done. Jesus had set this woman free. I wonder if you or I had been crippled for 18 years. Would we have been faithful to worship God week after week in that same place and not resort to resentments or bitterness? I love Jesus' sensitivity. One thing he wanted to do is not only heal this woman, but get Satan out of the influence of what was happening here within the synagogue. And so it's a picture of sin. Sin and through Satan wants to just bow us down and humble us in a way that turns our face away from God. But Jesus speaks a word and delivers her. I love that story. I love Jesus. Well, let's close with verses 18 and 19 and 20. He says, then he said, what is the kingdom of God like? I like this. Jesus wondering, how do I explain to you the kingdom of God? To what shall I compare it? It is like a mustard seed, which a man took and put in his garden, and it grew and became a large tree, and the birds of the air nested in its branches. There are different ways, you know, of looking and interpreting uh, this, but one thing we do know is that the mustard seed is the smallest of all the herbs anyway. And, and yet Jesus says that the, the kingdom of God is something that will start very, very small and yet it will have phenomenal growth, amazing growth. What started with just you know, a few, a handful of men and women will grow now to be, you know, there's some two and a half billion that claim to be followers of Jesus Christ. And uh, so also the kingdom of God is going to grow. And then he talks about the birds in its branches and. Some have said that that represents, you know, maybe the evil that the birds in another place picking the seeds out, and that is certainly one possibility. It's also true that in the prophets in Ezekiel 
and in Daniel, the birds represent the nations. So it may represent that the kingdom, which starts so small and tiny there in Israel, will extend around the kingdom and affect the nations of the world. In either way, there is phenomenal growth in the kingdom of God. And then he closes with this final one. He says in verse 20, and again, he said, to what shall I liken the kingdom of God? It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Well, leaven we know is a type of sin. So Jesus says that leaven is actually going to, there's gonna be false teaching that creeps into the church. And even as a little bit of leaven works its way through the dough of the whole bread, so also a little bit of false teaching is going to creep its way into this gigantic, you know, this mustard seed that turns into a tree that, that goes to the nations. So Jesus is explaining to us that just because it says church or just because it has the, the outward form of religion does not necessarily mean it's got the bread of life. And therefore that we, he said, it's gonna be that way until I come again. So here's the encouragement as we go on with Jesus. You wanna make sure that wherever you go and wherever you are part of a community of brothers and sisters, that the word of God is first and foremost, amen? And a high, let me not only say that the, the word of God must take a priority and place, but a high value of the word. There are some who have the Bible or throw some verses in or quote it and they say, oh yes, of course we have the Bible. And we, but the way they treat the Bible is they don't really believe in the Bible. And they may take away the virgin birth or they may take away the miracles or they may um, you know, change uh, the very identity of Christ as God manifest in the flesh or that he was crucified for our sins, that he rose on the third day and they, they make everything kind of symbolic and a metaphor, but they've got lots of candles and they may have stained glass and robes and choirs and it, it just looks religious and feels religious, but they have taken out the very word of God and the word of truth. So make sure that you're always in a place that has a high value. The Bible is the word of God. It is God breathed is inspired, that's what it means when Paul wrote to Timothy. It's God breathed. God breathed his word, he reveals himself through his word. And his word, he says, I have exalted, in Psalm 138 verse two, I have exalted my word above my name. I have exalted my word above mine. In other words, the name of God and the character of God is revealed in the word of God. Jesus said, you search the scriptures for in them you think you have life and they are they which testify of me. So make sure when you go to a place that has a high value of the word that they say that from Genesis to Revelation, it's talking about Jesus. Amen? Always it will draw you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will bring you to Jesus and to love him and to worship him and to know him. Pastor Ray Bentley pointing out the benefit, the value of centering our lives around the Word of God. Glad you've joined us today here on Maranatha Radio. 
Now, today's study is titled, How the Kingdom Prevails. If you missed any part, you can hear a replay on iTunes or at raybentley.com. That's raybentley.com. There at the homepage, there's a place to leave a written tribute to Pastor Ray's life and ministry. And by clicking Media, you'll see the words Watch, Radio, and Devo, three ways to enjoy Pastor Ray's insights via video, audio recording, or daily devotions. In fact, at the very bottom of the page, you can arrange to receive Pastor Ray's daily devotions each day automatically at no charge, and also link to his YouTube and Facebook pages. Why not bookmark it? RayBentley.com. And then after 30 years on the radio and the passing of Pastor Ray Bentley in early 2022, we're approaching the end of the Maranatha radio program. We'd like to thank you, our dedicated listeners, who've joined us through the years as we've journeyed with Pastor Ray through the Bible. We'll be continuing the broadcast through the remainder of 2023, but we're excited to share that we'll have a dedicated online location to access all of Pastor Ray's content, including video, audio sermons, books, and more. Please visit raybentley.com to follow along with us. But we hope you'll stay with us here on the radio through the end of the year. Next time, join Pastor Ray for more from our studies in the book of Luke. More from God's Word next time on Maranatha Radio. Maranatha, bringing the message of Christ's soon return, the whole gospel to the whole world. Maranatha Radio with Pastor Ray Bentley is an outreach of Maranatha Chapel, 10752 Coastwood Road, San Diego, California, 92127.